Section 23 of Germinal by Emile Zola, translation by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Part 4, Chapter 7. It was the Plan de Dame, that vast glade just opened up by the felling of trees. It spread out in a gentle slope, surrounded by tall thickets and superb beeches with straight regular trunks, which formed a white colonnade patched with green lichens. Fallen giants were also lying in the grass, while on the left a mass of logs formed a geometrical cube. The cold was sharpening with the twilight, and the frozen moss crackled beneath the feet. It was black darkness on the earth, while the tall branches showed against the pale sky, where a full moon coming above the horizon would soon extinguish the stars. Nearly three thousand colliers had come to the rendezvous, a swarming crowd of men, women, and children, gradually filling the glade and spreading out afar beneath the trees. Late arrivals were still coming up, a flood of heads drowned in shadow and stretching as far as the neighboring copses. A rumbling arose from them, like that of a storm, in this motionless and frozen forest. At the top, dominating the slope, Etienne stood with Rasmur and Mathieu. A quarrel had broken out. One could hear their voices in sudden bursts. Near them, some men were listening. Lavoque with clenched fists. Piron, turning his back and much annoyed that he had no longer been able to feign a fever. There were also Father Bonnemort and old monk seated side by side on a stump lost in deep meditation then behind were the chaffers zachary mouquet and others who had come to make fun of the thing while gathered together in a very different spirit the women in a group were as serious as if at church Mahud silently shook her head at the levaque woman's muttered oaths Gallimane was coughing her bronchitis having come back with the winter only moquette was showing her teeth with laughter amused at the way in which mother brulé was abusing her daughter an unnatural creature who had sent her away that she might gorge herself with rabbit a creature who had sold herself and who fattened on her man's cowardice and jeanlin had planted himself on the pile of wood hoisting up lighty and making bebert follow him all three higher up in the air than anyone else the quarrel was raised by Rasmur, who wished to proceed formally to the election of officers. He was enraged by his defeat at the Bon Joyeux, and had sworn to have his revenge, for he flattered himself that he could regain his old authority when he was once face to face, not with the delegates, but with the miners themselves. Etienne was disgusted, and thought the idea of officers was ridiculous in this forest they ought to act in a revolutionary fashion like savages since they were tracked like wolves as the dispute threatened to drag on he took possession of the crowd at once by jumping on to the trunk of a tree and shouting comrades comrades the confused roar of the crowd died down into a long sigh while Mehu stifled rasseneur's protestations etienne went on in a loud voice comrades since they forbid us to speak since they send the police after us as if we were robbers we have come to talk here here we are free we are at home no one can silence us any more than they can silence the birds and beasts a thunder of cries and exclamations responded to him 
yes yes the forest is ours we can talk here go on then etienne stood for a moment motionless on the tree trunk the moon still beneath the horizon only lit up the topmost branches and the crowd remaining in the darkness stood above it at the top of the slope like a bar of shadow he raised his arm with a slow movement and began but his voice was not fierce he spoke in the cold tones of a simple envoy of the people who was rendering his account he was delivering the discourse which the commissioner of police had cut short at the bon and he began a rapid history of the strike affecting a certain scientific eloquence facts nothing but facts at first he spoke of his dislike to the strike the miners had not desired it it was the management which had provoked it with the new timbering tariff then he recalled the first step taken by the delegates in going to the manager the bad faith of the directors and later on the second step the tardy concession the ten centimes given up after the attempt to rob them now he showed by figures the exhaustion of the provident fund and pointed out the use that had been made of the help sent briefly excusing the international pluchart and the others for not being able to do more for them in the midst of the cares of their conquest of the world so the situation was getting worse every day the company was giving back certificates and threatening to hire men from belgium besides it was intimidating the weak and had forced a certain number of miners to go down again he preserved his monotonous voice as if to insist on the bad news he said that hunger was victorious that hope was dead and that the struggle had reached the last feverish efforts of courage and then he suddenly concluded without raising his voice it is in these circumstances mates that you have to take a decision to-night do you want the strike to go on and if so what do you expect to do to beat the company a deep silence fell from the starry sky the crowd which could not be seen was silent in the night beneath these words which choked every heart and a sigh of despair could be heard through the trees but etienne was already continuing with a change in his voice it was no longer the secretary of the association who was speaking it was the chief of a band the apostle who was bringing truth could it be that any were cowardly enough to go back on their word what they were to suffer in vain for a month and then to go back to the pits with lowered heads so that the everlasting wretchedness might begin over again would it not be better to die at once in the effort to destroy this tyranny of capital which was starving the worker always to submit to hunger up to the moment when hunger will again throw the calmest into revolt was it not a foolish game which could not go on for ever and he pointed to the exploited miners bearing alone the disasters of every crisis reduced to go without food as soon as the necessities of competition lowered net prices no the timbering tariff could not be accepted it was only a disguised effort to economize on the company's part they wanted to rob every man of an hour's work a day it was too much this time the day was coming when the miserable pushed to extremity would deal justice he stood with his arms in the air at the word justice the crowd shaken by a long shudder broke out into applause which rolled along with the sound of dry leaves voices cried justice it is time justice 
gradually etienne grew heated he had not rasseneur's easy-flowing abundance words often failed him he had to force his phrases bringing them out with an effort which he emphasized by a movement of his shoulders only in these continual shocks he came upon familiar images which seized on his audience by their energy while his workman's gestures his elbows in and then extended with his fists thrust out his jaws suddenly advanced as if to bite had also an extraordinary effect on his mates they all said that if he was not big he made himself heard the wage system is a new form of slavery he began again in a more sonorous voice the mine ought to belong to the miner as the sea belongs to the fisherman and the earth to the peasant do you see the mine belongs to you to all of you who for a century have paid for it with so much blood and misery he boldly entered on obscure questions of law and lost himself in the difficulties of the special regulations concerning mines the subsoil like the soil belonged to the nation only an odious privilege gave the monopoly of it to the companies all the more since at monceau the pretended legality of the concession was complicated by treaties formerly made with the owners of the old fiefs according to the ancient custom of Hainault, the miners then had only to reconquer their property and with extended hands he indicated the whole country beyond the forest at this moment the moon which had risen above the horizon lit him up as it glided from behind the high branches when the crowd which was still in shadow saw him thus white with light distributing fortune with his open hands they applauded anew by prolonged clapping yes yes he's right bravo then etienne trotted out his favorite subject the assumption of the instruments of production by the collectivity as he kept on saying in a phrase the pedantry of which greatly pleased him at the present time his evolution was completed having set out with the sentimental fraternity of the novice and the need for reforming the wage system he had reached the political idea of its suppression since the meeting at bon Joyeux, his collectivism still humanitarian and without a formula had stiffened into a complicated program which he discussed scientifically article by article first he affirmed that freedom could only be obtained by the destruction of the state then when the people had obtained possession of the government reforms would begin return to the primitive commune substitution of an equal and free family for the moral and oppressive family absolute equality civil political and economic individual independence guaranteed thanks to the possession of the integral product of the instruments of work finally free vocational education paid for by the collectivity this led to the total reconstruction of the old rotten society he attacked marriage the right of bequest he regulated everyone's fortune he threw down the iniquitous monument of the dead centuries with a great movement of his arm always the same movement the movement of the reaper who is cutting down a ripe harvest and then with the other hand he reconstructed he built up the future humanity the edifice of truth and justice rising in the dawn of the twentieth century in this state of mental tension reason trembled and only the sectarian's fixed idea was left the scruples of sensibility and of good sense were lost 
nothing seemed easier than the realization of this new world he had foreseen everything he spoke of it as of a machine which he could put together in two hours and he stuck at neither fire nor blood our turn is come he broke out for the last time now it is for us to have power and wealth the cheering rolled up to him from the depths of the forest the moon now whitened the whole of the glade and cut into living waves the sea of heads as far as the dimly visible copses in the distance between the great gray trunks and in the icy air there was a fury of faces of gleaming eyes of open mouths a rut of famishing men women and children let loose on the just pillage of the ancient wealth they had been deprived of they no longer felt the cold these burning words had warmed them to the bone religious exultation raised them from the earth a fever of hope like that of the christians of the early church awaiting the near coming of justice many obscure phrases had escaped them they could not properly understand this technical and abstract reasoning but the very obscurity and abstraction still further enlarged the field of promises and lifted them into a dazzling region what a dream to be masters to suffer no more to enjoy at last that's it by god it's our turn now down with the exploiters the women were delirious Mehude, losing her calmness was seized with the vertigo of hunger the levaque woman shouted old boulet carried out of herself was brandishing her witch-like arms philomene was shaken by a spasm of coughing and moquette was so excited that she cried out words of tenderness to the orator among the men maheu was won over and shouted with anger between piron who was trembling and levaque who was talking too much while the chaffers zacharie and moquette though trying to make fun of things were feeling uncomfortable and were surprised that their mate could talk on so long without having a drink but on top of the pile of wood jeanlin was making more noise than any one egging on bebert and lydie and shaking the basket in which poland lay the clamour began again etienne was enjoying the intoxication of his popularity he held power as it were materialized in these three thousand breasts whose hearts he could move with a word souverain if he had cared to come would have applauded his ideas so far as he recognized them pleased with his pupil's progress in anarchism and satisfied with the programme except the article on education a relic of silly sentimentality for men needed to be dipped in a bath of holy and salutary ignorance as to rasseneur he shrugged his shoulders with contempt and anger you shall let me speak he shouted to etienne the latter jumped from the tree trunk speak we shall see if they'll hear you already rasseneur had replaced him and with a gesture demanded silence but the noise did not cease his name went round from the first ranks who had recognized him to the last lost beneath the beeches and they refused to hear him he was an overturned idol the mere sight of him angered his old disciples his facile elocution his flowing good-natured speech which had so long charmed them was now treated like warm gruel made to put cowards to sleep in vain he talked through the noise trying to take up again his discourse of conciliation the impossibility of changing the world by a stroke of the law the necessity of allowing the social evolution time to accomplish itself they joked him they hissed him his defeat at the bon joyeux was now beyond repair 
at last they threw handfuls of frozen moss at him and a woman cried in a shrill voice down with the traitor he explained that the miner could not be the proprietor of the mine as the weaver is of his loom and he said that he preferred sharing in the benefits the interested worker becoming the child of the house down with the traitor repeated a thousand voices while stones began to whistle by then he turned pale and despair filled his eyes with tears his whole existence was crumbling down twenty years of ambitious comradeship were breaking down beneath the ingratitude of the crowd he came down from the tree trunk with no strength to go on struck to the heart that makes you laugh he stammered addressing the triumphant at the end good i hope your turn will come it will come i tell you and as if to reject all responsibility for the evils which he foresaw he made a large gesture and went away alone across the country pale and silent hoots arose and then they were surprised to see father bonnemort standing on the trunk and about to speak in the midst of the tumult up till now mulk and he had remained absorbed with that air that they always had of reflecting on former things no doubt he was yielding to one of those sudden crises of garrulity which sometimes made the past stir in him so violently that recollections rose and flowed from his lips for hours at a time there was deep silence and they listened to this old man who was like a pale spectre beneath the moon and as he narrated things without any immediate relation with the discussion long histories which no one could understand the impression was increased he was talking of his youth he described the death of his two uncles who were crushed at the Voreux. then he turned to the inflammation of the lungs which had carried off his wife he kept to his main idea however things had never gone well and never would go well thus in the forest five hundred of them had come together because the king would not lessen the hours of work but he stopped short and began to tell of another strike he had seen so many they all broke out under these trees here at the plan de dame lower down at the chabonnerie still farther towards the salt de l'eau sometimes it froze sometimes it was hot one evening it had rained so much that they had gone back again without being able to say anything and the king's soldiers came up and it finished with volleys of musketry we raised our hands like this and we swore not to go back again ah i have sworn yes i have sworn the crowd listened gapingly feeling disturbed when etienne who had watched the scene jumped on to the fallen tree keeping the old man at his side he had just recognized chaval among their friends in the first row the idea that catherine must be there had roused a new ardour within him the desire to be applauded in her presence mates you have heard this is one of our old men and this is what he has suffered and what our children will suffer if we don't have done with the robbers and butchers he was terrible never had he spoken so violently with one arm he supported old bonmort exhibiting him as a banner of misery and mourning and crying for vengeance in a few rapid phrases he went back to the first mayhew he showed the whole family used up at the mine devoured by the company hungrier than ever after a hundred years of work 
and contrasting with the mehus he pointed to big bellies of the directors sweating gold a whole band of shareholders going on for a century like kept women doing nothing but enjoy with their bodies was it not fearful a race of men dying down below from father to son so that bribes of wine could be given to ministers and generations of great lords and bourgeois could give feasts or fatten by their firesides he had studied the diseases of the miners he made them all march past with their awful details anemia scrofula black bronchitis the asthma which chokes and the rheumatism which paralyzes these wretches were thrown as food to the engines and penned up like beasts in the settlements the great companies absorbed them regulating their slavery threatening to enroll all the workers of the nation millions of hands to bring fortune to a thousand idlers but the miner was no longer an ignorant brute crushed within the bowels of the earth an army was springing up from the depths of the pits a harvest of citizens whose seed would germinate and burst through the earth some sunny day and they would see then if after forty years of service any one would dare to offer a pension of a hundred and fifty francs to an old man of sixty who spat out coal and whose legs were swollen with the water from the cuttings yes labor would demand an account from capital that impersonal god unknown to the worker crouching down somewhere in his mysterious sanctuary where he sucked the life out of the starvelings who nourished him they would go down there they would at last succeed in seeing his face by the gleam of incendiary fires they would drown him in blood that filthy swine that monstrous idol gorged with human flesh he was silent but his arm still extended in space indicated the enemy down there he knew not where from one end of the earth to the other this time the clamour of the crowd was so great that people at Mosso heard it and looked towards vandame seized with anxiety at the thought that some terrible landslip had occurred night-birds rose above the trees and clear open sky he now concluded his speech mates what is your decision do you vote for the strike to go on their voices yelled yes yes and what steps do you decide on we are sure of defeat if cowards go down to-morrow their voices rose again with the sound of a tempest kill the cowards then you decide to call them back to duty and to their sworn word that is what we can do present ourselves at the pits bring back the traitors by our presence show the company that we are all agreed and that we are going to die rather than yield that's it to the pits to the pits while he was speaking etienne had looked for catherine among the pale shouting heads before him she was certainly not there but he still saw chaval affected to jeer shrugging his shoulders but devoured by jealousy and ready to sell himself for a little of this popularity and if there are any spies among us mates etienne went on let them look out they're known yes i can see vandame colliers here who have not left their pit is that meant for me asked chaval with an air of bravado for you and for any one else but since you speak you ought to understand that those who eat have nothing to do with those who are starving you work at jean bart a chaffing voice interrupted oh he work he's got a wife who works for him chaval swore while the blood rose to his face 
by god is it forbidden to work then yes said etienne when your mates are enduring misery for the good of all it is forbidden to go over like a selfish sneaking coward to the master's side if the strike had been general we should have got the best of it long ago not a single man at vandamme ought to have gone down when monceau is resting to accomplish the great stroke work should be stopped in the entire country at m denolin's as well as here do you understand there are only traitors in the jean bart cuttings you're all traitors the crowd around cheval grew threatening and fists were raised and cries of kill him kill him began to be uttered he had grown pale but in his infuriated desire to triumph over etienne an idea restored him listen to me then come to-morrow to jean bart and you shall see if i'm working we're on your side they've sent me to tell you so the fires must be extinguished and the engine men too must go on strike all the better if the pumps do stop the water will destroy the pits and everything will be done for he was furiously applauded in his turn and now etienne himself was outflanked other orators succeeded each other from the tree trunk gesticulating amid the tumult and throwing out wild propositions it was a mad outburst of faith the impatience of a religious sect which tired of hoping for the expected miracle had at last decided to provoke it these heads emptied by famine saw everything red and dreamed of fire and blood in the midst of a glorious apotheosis from which would arise universal happiness and the tranquil moon bathed this surging sea the deep forest encircled with its vast silence this cry of massacre the frozen moss crackled beneath the heels of the crowd while the beeches erect in their strength with the delicate tracery of their black branches against the white sky neither saw nor heard the miserable beings who writhed at their feet there was some pushing and maheude found herself near maheude both of them driven out of their ordinary good sense and carried away by the slow exasperation which had been working within them for months approved levaque who went to extremes by demanding the heads of the engineers perron had disappeared bonnemort and moque were both talking together saying vague violent things which nobody heard for a joke zacharie demanded the demolition of the churches while moquet with his cross in his hand was beating it against the ground for the sake of increasing the row the women were furious the levaque with her fist to her hips was setting to with philomene whom she accused of having laughed moquette talked of attacking the gendarmes by kicking them somewhere mother brule who had just slapped lydie on finding her without either basket or salad went on launching blows into space against all the masters whom she would like to have got at for a moment jeanlin was in terror bebert having learned through a trammer that madame rasseneur had seen them steal poland but when he had decided to go back and quietly release the beast at the door of the advantage he shouted louder than ever and opened his new knife brandishing the blade and proud of its glitter mates mates repeated the exhausted etienne hoarse with the effort to obtain a moment's silence for a definite understanding at last they listened mates to-morrow morning at jean bart is it agreed yes yes at jean bart death to the traitors 
the tempest of these three thousand voices filled the sky and died away in the pure brightness of the moon End of section twenty three